Hello and welcome to the Up and Running Podcast. This is episode number nine. I want to thank all of you who've become regular listeners to the show, those of you who've subscribed, and those of you who've taken the time to leave a rating on iTunes. Ratings on iTunes are important for podcasts because it helps make suggestions and creates awareness for those other people who haven't yet learned about the show and started to listen to it. So if you haven't left a rating, please do so. Take a moment to leave a rating. I want to hear your positive comments. I want to hear your constructive criticism comments. Uh, I, want to sh- I want to make the show better and better every week and every time I record one. So uh, I welcome your feedback. Today's topic of the show is runner's high. Many of you have probably heard about the topic. Some of you have experienced runner's high. Some of you may not have yet experienced runner's high. So I wanted to talk about that from my own personal experience with it. And runner's high, essentially, for those who don't know what it is, it is a euphoric feeling that runners have. And it's not just limited to runners because a lot of athletes, a lot of people who do aerobic exercise um, actually can achieve this. It's something that they can feel. So runner's high essentially is a euphoric feeling that the individual has. um, And it's caused by a high endorphin release. That's what the studies show. That's what uh, clinicians understand about why it actually occurs. Um, But from personal experience, what I can tell you is I've had runner's high a handful of times. And, you know, I've been a runner for 28 years. So one might think that it would be something that you have all the time, that, you know, it's just a frequent event. But the the reality is, is that um, it's a handful of times that I can really clearly remember what that felt like. And I'm going to talk about right now just the very first experience I've had with runner's high. And this takes me back to running in college, running with the uh, collegiate cross-country team. And what our coach had us do that particular day was a tempo run. And for those that may not know what a tempo run is, a tempo run is a sustained effort. So when you're out to train uh, on that particular day, what you're basically doing is you're running about 75% uh, or that, that thereabouts of your race pace. So you're not running full out, right? So if your race pace, let's just say for, uh, for the sake of the example, if your race pace is a, is a six-minute mile, um, you're going to be running a little bit slower than that over the course of the run. I don't remember exactly what the distance was on this run that we did, but it was a tempo run. So we were running in uh, Carbon Canyon. So Carbon Canyon is in Brea, California, and it butts up against Chino, California. And it, it's basically this really, really large uh, area, lots of acres of land um, where there's also a dam. So there's a dam out there and there's just a lot of open space and there's fire trails and 
a really great place to get um, some trail running in and you can go a long way. So, so we were out there doing a tempo run and it was early in the morning like we would typically do. I remember it being a Sunday morning because that's when we would do our long runs. And uh, in this particular instance, uh, we were descending into a canyon and I remember running more or less um, what they call Indian, Indian file running, right? Indian style running, which is basically you've got a lead runner and then all the other runners are sort of single file line uh, behind that lead person. So as we're descending into this canyon and, you know, we're moving at a pretty good clip. I remember just distinctly remember where everything just felt completely effortless for me. Um, and again, when, when you're doing a tempo run, um, you are engaging in a sustained effort. So you're running about 75% to 80% of your race pace. So you're pushing your body um, to a threshold where there is discomfort there. You, you're, you're purposely trying to push so that you can uh, gain a higher threshold of fitness, right? And so at that moment when we're coming down, uh, every time I took a step, so my leg turnover, it just felt like I was floating on air. I mean, it literally felt like uh, I had this enormous boost of energy and um, it was effortless. I wasn't even trying. And we were, like I said, moving pretty fast. So that was the very first time that I had that euphoric feeling of, wow, I feel like I'm just floating on clouds right now. It's effortless. And, uh, and I have to say, it's a very fun feeling. It's a really um, cool experience to just feel like, you know, you're not even trying, but you're, you're moving pretty, pretty fast. Um, and it lasts for not a really long time, but probably about, oh, I don't know, maybe like three to five minutes tops. It, it doesn't, well, at least for me, it didn't last all that long. But all these years later, I remember it. And um, like I said, I have a handful of, of other instances where it was very similar, but that one sticks out the best. So as I mentioned before, um, what we know about runner's high is it's triggered by an endorphin release. And typically what all the studies show is that uh, it occurs when you're doing something like a tempo run where you're sustaining a higher level of effort and output um, than you might normally do on your everyday training runs. Back in 2008, two German universities embarked in clinical research to determine whether runner's high was attributable to higher endorphin release. To investigate this, they enrolled 10 long-distance runners, and they had them run for a two-hour period. They took positron emission tomography scans, both before and after the runs, and what they found was, yes, indeed, there was a higher endorphin release in these athletes after they had run for that two-hour period. And they were also able to tie back to two specific areas of the brain where this occurs. The actual title of the clinical trial is called The Runner's High, Opioidergic Mechanisms in the Human Brain, and it was published in the journal Cerebral Cortex. If you're interested in looking at that data, you can find it in that journal, and it was published back in March, March 6 of 2008, and the source is the University of Bonn. So maybe you've experienced Runner's High. 
and you've had that euphoric feeling that you feel like you're floating on air when you're out running or as I mentioned before, when you're doing some other type of aerobic exercise, maybe that's cycling or maybe that's rowing or maybe that's swimming. Uh, maybe you've experienced this euphoric high that you know a lot of people call runner's high. Um, so it's a really, really interesting thing to feel. And I think we, we all who have felt it try to replicate it. Um, so, you know, if, if you haven't ever had this occur, remember what the studies show and what the literature shows on this is that it is when you're experiencing a higher effort, it's not when you're going all out and you're just full blown out, pushing to the upper limit that it occurs. It's usually occurring when you're pushing yourself towards that upper limit and you're headed towards those discomfort thresholds. And it's at that point that you're going to feel this. So now let's talk about something everybody loves, and that's really great food. In a segment I like to call, That's Crazy Good. A few weeks ago, I was working in the Berkeley, California area, and I did a run, and my destination was the University of California Berkeley campus. And after my run, I was ready to eat. So I found a really great place that actually is right on campus, and it's called the Bear's Lair Tavern. And this particular location is a very much a local spot for students. So there were quite a bit of students there having dinner. And then it's also a a particular location that locals come to as well. So I actually started with soup that was on their menu. And I am a carnivore. I really like meat. I like all kinds of food that has meat in it. Um, But on their menu was a chili or like a chili vegetable soup is basically what they called it. Uh, But it was vegetarian. So uh, I honestly don't know what the meat or what seemed like meat was in it because obviously it was vegetarian. So there was no meat in it. Um, but it was called chili, um, and it was outstanding. The The broth was extremely flavorful. It was kind of like a orange in color. It had carrots in it. It had um, potatoes in it, and it had uh, the consistency of what seemed like meat, but like I said, it was just vegetarian. So I had never had vegetarian chili soup before, but I highly recommend it if you've never had it. And especially, you know, you should have it at Bear's Lair Tavern if you're there in Berkeley, California, because it was outstanding. The other thing that I had, because I had a pretty good appetite after this run, was I had their pizza. And not just, you know, they have several different pizzas, which I'll talk about here in a moment. But I had their Bear's Lair Carne, right? So in Spanish, carne means meat. And let me tell you what is on this pizza. And it's fennel sausage, pepperoni, salami, smoked bacon, tomato sauce, and whole milk mozzarella. So as you can hear, there's a lot of meat on this pizza. Um, And I don't always have bacon on my pizza, but this, this pizza was crazy good. It was so good. The crust was really fresh. Um, obviously, they, they had just made this pizza. Um, it's a 12-inch, what they call California-style pie. 
and it's eight slices. Uh, and it is, it is a full meal. So, I mean, if you're hungry, this thing will fill you up. So I highly recommend their Bear's Lair Carne Pizza. It is crazy good. I'm going to put pictures on my Instagram page of the pizza. I, I didn't snap a photo of the soup, um, but next time I'm up there, I will be sure to do so. Um, let me tell you about the other pizza choices they have, because like I mentioned, the pizza was really good. They have a margarita pizza. And what's on that is tomato, fresh mozzarella, basil, sea salt, and extra virgin olive oil. So that is a vegetarian pizza. They also have a wild mushroom pizza, which has garlic confit, caramelized onions, potato, fontina, blue cheese, and rosemary. They also have a loaded potato pizza, which says it's got white sauce, bacon, potato, cheddar, and green onion on it. They have a barbecue chicken pizza, which is chicken, barbecue sauce, red onions, and smoked gouda. And finally, they have a butternut squash pizza, which features white sauce, roasted butternut, green onions, fontina, arugula, and lemon vinaigrette. Uh, So if you are at the University of California, Berkeley, be sure to stop in at Bear's Lair Tavern their food is really awesome. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Up and Running Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening and learning more about the topic of runner's high. And that clinical study that was conducted back in 2008, it's really interesting information and really interesting data there. I'm going to be posting pictures of the food that I had at Bear's Lair Tavern on my Instagram page. And to find me on Instagram... All you need to do is simply go to at runwitpaul. That's at R-U-N-W-I-T-P-A-U-L. You can also find me on Facebook under my name, Paul Ventura. And you'll see a little photograph there of myself and just a little icon, which is the up and running icon cover art that you see on iTunes and Google Podcast and Spotify and Stitcher. So that's how you can identify that it, that it is me. So I wish you a very great next run and we'll talk to you soon. Right. I'm